Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. It's for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? Spring training is in full motion. The grass is green. The lawn is cut. Your Dodgers are reporting at Camelback Ranch. We got a few games underway already, so it's good to see your boys in blue back in action. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Incline Dodgers podcast. This is Kevin Klein here. We are presented by Fansided, so make sure to go to Dodgers Way and Fansided to read all kinds of baseball content. We're not going to hold back because obviously the big story that went down Monday afternoon involves the Dodgers shortstop Gavin Lux, who was carted off the field kind of near the end of the game as he was going from second to third non-contact injury play as Manny Machado was throwing it towards a second base. I think Lux stepped down weird, his ankle or his foot went a weird direction, his knee went a weird direction. Afterwards, Lux said that he felt a pop. He was carted off. So we don't know the uncertainty right now. Dave Roberts didn't seem too optimistic as well. They're going to run an MRI. So we don't know the exact results as we're recording right now, but we're going to dive into a couple different scenarios. So Jake Reiner, how's it going? What are your thoughts on what went down with Gavin Lux? It's hard to speculate because you don't want to jump the gun. You don't want to prematurely react to something either good or bad based on this, but you watch the replay and it just didn't look good. He was writhing in pain. He had to be carted off the field, his leg, his knee kind of bent a weird direction. And you just feel for him because he has really put in a lot of work this off season and is, and understand the responsibility of being the Dodgers starting shortstop and for it to happen in what the third spring training game is just so brutal uh, for a team that already uh, is kind of thin uh, at that position. You look at Miguel Rojas, you know, that guy's leg cramped up. He should be back and he should be, you know, the, you know, taking over duties at shortstop, but beyond those guys, you don't really have much. I mean, Chris Taylor, uh, is an option. Obviously, they could go out and get another shortstop. This is all uh, obviously, you know, if Lux is going to miss a significant yeah. time. It, it. But if I had to guess, it, it does look that way. It does look like that. That is what is going to happen, and it's just, it, it's just sad because Lux, who um, really was given the reins at second base last season, it looked like he was going to put together a really nice season. He was also hurt last year. Um, and never really found his footing again when he came back. So um, this was going to be his year to take over shortstop. So for this to happen uh, this early on in spring is just 
Oh, it sucks, yeah. man. It just sucks. Yeah, you mentioned him putting in a lot of work, and that's almost like an understatement. He went to driveline. He bulked up. He added some muscle. He wanted to show strides in his power game. On top of that, he was absolutely thrilled about being handed the reins to be the shortstop, his natural position. He kind of had to wait it out first with Seager, then Trey Turner, and then the Dodgers handed him the opportunity, and he was ready to run away with it. So you could see the look on his face when he went down, just utter disappointment and sadness, to be honest, the melancholy, because he was excited for this season. You could tell it in all his interviews and when he was working out with the boys. So that sucks for him. And you also mentioned how he got hurt last season and kind of like that's kind of been the storyline for his career, a lot of injuries. And it felt like this was going to be finally the year where Gavin Lux put together the full package. And now I kind of am on board with you. I think best case scenario is he's out until the all-star break, but that's wishful thinking. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the entire season. Who knows? We'll have more information on that later, but we should explore the different scenarios now. So first, Jake, we'll go with the worst one. Let's say Lux is out for the year. Where do the Dodgers go from here? Well, there's cer- there's certainly some options on the uh, the open free agent market. They're not great. I mean, you've got like Didi Gregorius oh, and, you know, like there's just a, a number of really just not good options out there. Yeah. So you could do that. Uh, I mean, they traded they traded Jacob Amaya so that you can't go that route. Um, I, I don't they know. They got Rojas, so that's fine. They did get Rojas, but. So you you're it's a shortstop for a shortstop, right? But but you know with Lux down, you kind of would would want to maybe have someone like an Amaya to 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 kind of be there. They, they they're kind of very very much thin at that position uh, in the minors too. So the other option though, everyone wants it. Willie Adamas, everyone wants that option, and that's going to be tough to pry him away from, from the Brewers, it's going to cost a lot, yep. especially since the Dodgers are now operating from a place of not desperation, but the Brewers know that the Dodgers need a shortstop. So they're, they were, they are going to drive that price up. If the Dodgers want Willie Adamas, especially now at the beginning of the season versus mid season, you can make that trade. So I would expect them to wait to go after a piece like that until the trade deadline. So they could yep. pick up they could pick up an option on the free agent market but there just really isn't much out there. Yeah, I'm, I I agree. I, I'm not really thrilled with who's out there and who's left. So a little outside the box thinking cuz what I love about the Dodgers is they got guys that are versatile. Oh yeah. And so first up, we got Miguel Rojas as we just mentioned. We could survive the entire season with him defensively. He is arguably one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. I think last season he had like a plus 15 defensive run saved at that position. The, the question is, does he have the bat to compensate for potentially the lack of offense now because Lux was arguably a better hitter? Don't know. We kind of have to see Rojas prove it. So you have him, and then you could take Chris Taylor, who it looked like was going to be their starting center fielder, at least in a platoon scenario, and you could have him split time at shortstop with Rojas. They're both right-handed bats, so that kind of sucks. So I don't really have a platoon option for you because they're both right-handed but this is where i get a little crazy there is a very (laughs) disgruntled outfielder right now in pittsburgh and it looks like they're just nowhere on the same page brian reynolds a guy that is supposedly demanding a trade seems like the pirates are kind of enticed to trade him as well if there's a good package 
the Dodgers have the pieces. Maybe you trade for Brian Reynolds, who is kind of similar to a Gavin Lux bat per se switch hitter can hit both sides of the plate. And then you put him in center left, yada, 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 move him around. And then you got shortstop with Rojas and Taylor. Yeah. I mean, that is a kind of a band-aid approach, not the Brian Reynolds part, but the Chris Taylor, Miguel Rojas part. So I, I don't mind it. Obviously, Brian Reynolds would be great on this team. I think Andrew Friedman, though, he never panics. It's not going to be a reaction from him. It'll be a response. And I yeah. think that Andrew Friedman uh, will assess the team and and could make a move, um, maybe a minor one. I mean, we did see you know, in the middle of spring training uh, last year when he made the trade for Craig Kimbrell, um, you know, he has, he has been known to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, not a lot of great options out there. Both Reynolds and Willie Adamas will be really hard to get. Yeah. And you could throw Tim Anderson in that mix too. Not necessarily on the trade block, but I think he'd be a guy that the White Sox would be okay surrendering if they felt like they were getting an awesome return. Right. And also that's another team where the the both the AL Central and the NL Central are kind of open. So yeah. the White Sox are going to want to see what they have. The Brewers are going to want to see what they have. So that that seems like a, a, a midseason kind of review for yep. them to see if they want to deal those guys. Absolutely. Um, you know what I was thinking, though, on my drive home today, I was thinking about recent Dodger shortstops and we'll, we'll take Trey Turner out of the mix because he was uh, all for all intents and purposes pretty healthy what is it with this position and the Dodgers shortstops they have had a string of just injury prone guys Lux Seager Rafael for call if we if we remember you can throw yeah. Hanley Ramirez into that mix even though his rib injury wasn't his fault but you but look at in 2014 he did barely play right that is right I I did remember that I was thinking that I was like there I felt like there was more than just that rib injury that kept him out but you're no no it was it was in the WBC he got hurt yeah. I remember that he dove for a ball and screwed up his hand or something um, I don't know what it is with that position but they can never seem to get like a really fully healthy guy at that spot that's a good point yeah pretty frustrating um, so the other thing that I wanted to throw in with Lux before we move on is we did hear that Dave Roberts was toying with the idea of moving Mookie Betts into a more prominent RBI type of position in the order third, presumably maybe second. And we saw Gavin Lux batting lead off in definitely the first game. Was it today? No, not today. Cause Mookie was batting lead off, but in the first game for sure. So that had me thinking that, you know, Lux is a guy with a lot of speed Baseball is doing everything they can to get stolen bases back into the game. The big, the bigger uh, bases, obviously, and then less pickoff attempts to the base. So maybe Gavin Lux, if he was going to earn a spot, was one of the guys that Roberts had in mind of being that potential leadoff man. But obviously with the injury, we were not going to be able to get a full answer on that. But that was kind of my thinking that maybe Lux was in the cards for that spot. Yeah, I love I, I I love that idea. I think Lux has definitely has the speed to be a leadoff hitter. Also, he's a left-handed batter with you know without the shift, so you you a lot of potential to get that leadoff batter on base and then also on uh, you know onto second base uh, very quickly. But the thing is, is that we've tried putting Mookie in a different spot in the order. We tried that in 2020, and it just didn't work. No. He just is a leadoff hitter. And it is unfortunate because you because ideally a guy with that kind of power, you want him 
third or fourth to be able to clean up and, and knock guys in. But I I would take more Mookie at bats in a in a batting position that he's comfortable in over anything else. And I think obviously now with the Lux injury, they they their hand is kind of forced. Yeah, and I agree. I'm a big Mookie should just be the leadoff batter no matter what, as long as he's not struggling. Like, why are we trying to get cute here? Like, it works. They won 111 games. They won a World Series. They have probably the best win percentage without a doubt since Mookie's become a Dodger. So. That's not the problem here. The problem is hitting with runners in scoring position. And let's be real. Mookie hasn't exactly been great during his Dodgers tenure hitting with runners in scoring position. So, yeah. And it was kind of funny, though, because what would happen a lot last season was the bottom of the order for a good stretch at the beginning of the season where they were getting on base. Lux was a part of that. And and Mookie was coming up with runners on base and he wasn't able to drive them in. So I agree with you on that on that front. I, I mean, I think that Mookie is just a great hitter no matter what, but play to his strengths, especially with this lineup that isn't as potent as it was last season. I think you got to keep it the same. So if you're leading Mookie off, are you batting Freddie second like they did last season or the, are you moving him to third? I think naturally Freddie should be batting second unless you want to put in Max Muncie in the two hole because that is a guy that historically can get on base at a crazy clip. But then you got to figure out who's the cleanup hitter. So I don't know. Is Muncie better in the two hole or the cleanup spot? Then you got J.D. Martinez, who could very well be in the top of the order, but he's up there in age. But I could I mean, see I could see a lineup where like a top four or top five, rather, of Mookie, Muncie, Will Smith, Freddie and J.D. Martinez. I don't think they're going to do it, but that definitely that order could work. You know, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Um, you could also just flip Muncie and, and Freeman, too. Yeah, but it all depends on. You know what you're going to get with Freddie Freeman. You know what you're going to get with Mookie Betts. You just don't know from a Max Muncie. I mean, is he is he going to have a bounce back season? Is he going to be more consistent this season? We'll see. Um, and they kind of have to. I think that they're going to play with that to see where it kind of where it kind of lands. Yep, and that's what makes the spring training fun. Something that you've definitely brought up a couple times, where it's it's a pretty new oh, yeah. team, a lot of new faces, and we can't really predict the batting order right now because I don't think they know. Yeah, I don't. And and I think that that's a good thing for this team because um, they're going to have to find ways to score runs. They're they're not always going to get that three run homer, the two run homer. They're going to have to manufacture runs with this lineup. And so finding the best combination is going to be an interesting thing, not only in spring training, but you're going to see it in the beginning part of the season, too. Let's take a quick break right here to talk about a proud sponsor of the Inclined Daughters podcast, TickPick. By now, I'm sure you've heard of TickPick because they are one of the best ticket websites out there, offering all kinds of options to concerts, NBA, NHL, MLB, spring training, NFL, Broadway, all across the nation. And what's awesome about TickPick, you go to the app, you see the price, that's exactly what you're going to pay because there are no service fees at checkout no hidden cost. You see, you know what you're paying and you know what you're going to get. They're offering our listeners a chance over here at the incline to save $10 right away off your first purchase of $49 or more on the app by using the promo code incline at checkout. All you got to do is download the TickPick app, save some money, go see your favorite band or your favorite sporting team, wherever you live. 
and you're going to have a blast over at SickPick. So we got three games that are now in the books for spring training. So Jake, what has stood out to you? Which players have impressed you? Or on the flip side, which players have been like, oof, we're going to need to see a little bit more out of you? Well, there are a couple of players that uh, the typical Dodgers fan may not know. I I even had to look these guys up because I didn't really know them that well, but they've been tearing it up so far this spring. One of them is Hunter Fiducia. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he's a catcher that I didn't even know was a catcher in the system. Um, But he's here. He's 20. What is he? 25. And the other day uh, against the Cubs, he went two for three with a home run, a double and drove in five runs. So that's that's pretty cool. The left handed hitting catcher. The Dodgers are just stacked when it comes to the catching position. And we we haven't even talked about Diego Cartaya, which I know you'll probably bring up. But the other guy that I wanted to highlight real quick from today's game was Ryan Ward. Uh, He had a couple of hits, a couple of hits today. The go ahead, the go ahead RBI. Um, he's an outfielder. I just like seeing guys that you don't typically uh, have heard of or know of in spring training. That's why I love it so much. Um, to, just to get to learn the team, learn learn the franchise, learn the players that are on the depth chart. Um, but Ryan Ward, though, I was looking up his stats from last year, and this dude raked in Double yeah. uh, A Tulsa. He hit he hit twenty eight home runs. 78 runs batted in with a 805 OPS coming off an, a season uh, one season ago where he hit 27 home runs and drove in 40, uh, sorry, 84 runs and had an OPS of 876. Um, just a, another guy, you know, another guy. But one guy I do want to see a little bit more from is James Outman. I just want to see more at bats. Um, he's only gotten one start so far. And he came off the bench in Monday's game. So I just want to see him get more at-bats, more reps. I just love his approach. He's got that short, compact swing that really is a is is great for cutting down strikeouts and making contact. And especially with without the shift, he's going to rake too. So I, I really would like to see more of him, and I think we will. Yes, Outman in the first spring training game hit a base hit that would have last year been and out with the yep. shift. So that was nice to see. And then in Monday's action, he hit into a double play, but it brought home a runner. So at least putting the ball in play resulted in a run. So that's progress. Um, yeah, Ryan Ward was cool. I think it was with two outs in the ninth, was able to drive in that go-ahead run. Uh, a guy that you mentioned has been raking, and I remember his name popping up as a potential guy that they had to add to the 40 man because of rule five draft implications. They didn't end up doing that. And he's still within the Dodgers system. Um, A few names that I want to talk about. I'll start with Shelby Miller because this guy was signed to a one and a half million dollar deal to be on the major league roster. Did not have a good first impression, gave up three runs, three hits, hit a batter, only was able to record two outs. This is a guy that I don't think is necessarily a lock to make the major league roster because he didn't get paid that much. So we need to see more out of him. But this is a guy kind of like Andrew Heaney a year ago where he stunk in spring training and then ended up having a fine season. So I'm sure they're working with him. I don't know if you had any comments on Shelby Miller. I need to see more from him. That's all. Need to see more as well. And 
the Dodgers bullpen is interesting because there's some guys that have pitched to the majors, but they've only had one appearance so far and they didn't look too sharp. Another guy, Phil Bickford gave up a run. This is a guy that has to make the major league roster because he's out of minor league options. That was brought to my attention. So a lot of pressure on him. Then you got Justin Brule, who the Dodgers don't have a lot of great lefties, but they got Vesia and then Ferguson, who we haven't seen yet in this spring. But Brule's fighting for a job, too. He could still be in the minors, but he wasn't impressive. He gave up two runs to Garrett Mitchell, who had quite a field day. UCLA Bruin had two Yeah, I was going to say UCLA alum. <laughs> Jordan um, Yamamoto was another one. He gave up two runs. Oh, that's another guy. I I just I, I want to see more. I want to see more of. I really love his stuff. I've been very high on him, and I think the Dodgers will be too. But he's you know he's got to stop putting the ball right down the middle. One other one other guy I wanted to uh, point out real quick is um, Luke Williams. Um, he has a home run so far this spring. But the one thing that that I was really impressed by is just his defense. He's made some really great really tough plays at third base. They've kept him mainly over there. Um, a lot of really just, you know, good, good range, but also really good at coming in on the ball, barehanding it, you know, throwing it to Freddie Freeman. Um, really impressed so far with uh, what he's done. Although uh, <laughs> David hates him because he put the ball in play today that uh, resulted oh, in Lux's brother. injury. <laughs> yeah. That was totally Luke Williams fault. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I remember David saying in the chat, if only Luke Williams had just struck out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it seems like they want a poor guy. Poor guy's just trying to make the roster. He, he's got no yeah. shot. You it know, actually seems like make... they want Luke Williams to be a part of the 40 man at some point because they're giving they... him a lot of looks. Exactly. And he, he's kind of rewarding them with that home run that you mentioned. Great defense at third base early on. Like they're going to need some utility players, especially with the Lux injury, unfortunately. So that's a guy that's for sure fighting for a spot. Shades of uh, Brad Miller in spring a few years ago where mm-hmm. he had a good spring, but he didn't actually end up making it with the Dodgers. He got a job in, I think, Philadelphia or Cleveland. He was solid there. So like that with Luke Williams. Um, and then some guys that we we're familiar with, Vessia, Gratterall, and a new one, minor league invite, Wander Suero, the Nationals guy. All had two strikeouts coming out of the bullpen. So Gratterall looked good. Yeah. Gratterall looked good. Freddie Freeman, the two run home run. So, you know, not a lot that we're going off of so far, but so far, so good. Dodgers are two and one. They're putting runs on the board. So I'm happy. Ryan Pepio looked pretty sharp overall. Didn't get into a lot of trouble with the command. Struck out Manny Machado, I think. He did. Yeah. So. I'm optimistic. I think tomorrow or on Tuesday's game, we're going to have Noah Syndergaard coming out of the pen in support of Julio Urias. Yep. So that, that'll be a pretty epic spring training game right there. Was there anything else you wanted to add to these games, Jake? I know it's not a lot so far. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged with what I'm, what I'm seeing so far. I just really happy to see Dodgers baseball back on my TV every single day is just a, a great sight to see. Yeah, so these questions from our listeners are a little outdated now just because of what happened, but we'll give some shout-outs real quick to Rayman 22 Can Lux play the shortstop? We need to defend. Yes, if he didn't get hurt. Ryan, at Catch the Blues on Twitter. I'd be interested in you all going around the projected starting lineup and grading each player's defense. Only A, B, C, or F. 
I suspect defense could be an issue this year and want to hear what you all think. Let's see how the grades look. All right. We'll do that real quick. All right. Freddie Freeman. A. a. Second 100%. base. Miguel Vargas. Well, who we actually forgot to bring him up, but so far he's looked pretty good with the leather. Yeah. And uh, what a patient eye at the plate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give him a, I'll give him a C. I think he'll be average. Okay. I'm with you on that. All right. I guess uh, shortstop Miguel Rojas. A. A. And then third base, Max Muncy. B? B. B plus. And then yeah. Will Smith, catcher. A. I'll give him a B. Outfield real <laughs> of quick. Of course you would. Outfield real quick. Mookie Betts. A. Gotta be an A plus. A plus. Center field. I don't know. Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor, B. A C plus. Yeah. And then left. David Peralta, David Peralta, probably a C two. Yeah. All right. There you go, Ryan. Thank you for asking. Um, Roto Regan asking about Gavin Lux. Obviously we dove deep into that to kick off the show. And I feel like this is a question that we should save for later in the off season from fate to on Twitter projected opening day lineup. I feel like, without actually going into it, we kind of already gave who we think starting, but we really need to, to know what we're dealing with, with Gavin Lux. Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, that's spring training for you. So of the guys that we haven't seen yet, is there anyone that you're actually really looking forward to seeing perform this spring? I want to see what Kershaw looks like. Uh, he's looked really good in the video that I've seen him throwing the bullpens. It's a bummer that he's not going to be on team USA. That whole rule that, that insurance coverage rule is just seems like bullshit to me. I mean, the yeah. world baseball classic has to figure that out because if you have rules in place that prevent your star players from playing in this, you're never going to be able to grow it. Like you want to grow it. Um, and to, to not have Kershaw out there, based on a technicality. And the sad part is, is probably his last opportunity to do this. Um, You know, given, uh, you know, who knows how much longer he'll pitch for and the world baseball class is it's once every three years or four years, something like that. Yeah. Um, So they, they got to fix that. Uh, So, yeah, I I would say, I would say Kershaw and we have, have we seen, did Muncie play today? No, not today. But he two, has he played yet? Two, I think. Okay. Uh, what about what about you, Kev? I feel like there has not been a lot of Dustin May content out there. Like, yeah, would love to see what he looks like. Um, I'm excited wise, for I'm excited for Syndergaard tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to be a key part for this season. Evan Phillips, I don't think we need to see a lot out of him this spring, but he's definitely still a pitcher that I want to see pitch along with Daniel Hudson. I feel like those are our two most important relievers. So I want to make sure that they look sharp, but that can wait later in the spring. Um, And then position player wise, 
pretty happy, but I I agree with you 100%. Let's see more James Outman. Let's see more Michael Bush, especially now with the injury potentially. They could use a guy like Bush. Couldn't be hard to fig- figure him in though because of his inability to play shortstop and Miguel Vargas kind of being the second baseman. But still, you never know if someone else gets hurt. So can't can't kill you to have depth but yeah those are pretty much all the guys i can think yeah of. and i'm and i made a joke about it earlier but i i'm wondering when we're gonna see miguel vargas swing the bat i'd like to see what that looks yeah. like too <laughs> yeah i don't know kind of weird how they're playing him just for defense but yeah i agree let's see what he looks like with the bat hopefully that's soon um other than that is there anything else you wanted to cover jake um well, yeah, I mean, the 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 new rules, but I guess we have to save that for, for David. Yeah, so we're saving the pitch clock for David. I know Dodge 16 underscore 12 wants us to dive into that. We're saving the pitch clock. The shift, love it. Let's get no shift is awesome to me. Bigger bases, I haven't really seen the impact yet. So that's something that kind of still have to wait on, but I don't think it's going to make a big difference. Um, but these games are quick, man. They're going quick, and oh, I have I have some thoughts on that that I'm gonna yeah. save. We'll but... tease that. We're, we're teasing it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just trying to think around the diamond. I've seen Corey Seager hit a spring training home run. I've seen Trey Turner have a I think a stolen base and a run scored. Edwin Rios, we saw a little glimpse of. He struck out against a yep. against was it Brule? I can't. remember. No, it was Erlin. Yes, even worse. He struck out against Erlin. I knew it was a lefty. Cody Ballinger, we did not get to see. Um, McKinstry, we saw. That guy really fell off. Poor guy. Yeah, I, I still like him. Cody Cody Ballinger was like 0 for 2, 2, 2Ks maybe, or 1K? I think 1K. Oh, let's, get, let's talk about this for a second. Cody Ballinger. Everyone's talking about his... his stance his batting stance and how it looks super similar and i know you have some thoughts on that kevin what what are what do you make of this and if it means anything so far it means absolutely nothing until he (laughs) produces but it's not necessarily the stance but the actual swing itself the way the orc i guess you could say where he's swinging He's trying to replicate something that he did between 2017 and 2019, a hybrid, you could say. It's not going to come overnight. It's not going to come in a month either. It could take a few months into the season. I was the biggest critic of Cody Ballinger, and I still kind of am. I don't think he's that good of a player until he proves it. Like You can talk the talk and walk the walk. At the end of the day, he is trying something. The Cubs are trying to work with him. He tried his best in L.A., and I've never seen a player of his caliber just fall off the way he did. And I think it goes beyond the injury. I think it's mental as well. So new scenery in Chicago, definitely less pressure. I'm rooted for him. I think, you know, he could thrive with the Cubs. It's a very hitter-friendly ballpark out in Wrigley, but and a weaker division for that matter. But still a lot to see on what kind of player Cody Bellinger is moving forward, but still a lot of question marks. Yeah, you know, I feel like he does have a lot less pressure than he would if he was still a Dodger, but I still oh, feel like he ha- I still feel like he has pressure on him. I mean, being a former MVP, that that's going to follow you wherever you go. And for him, he's bet on himself and 
I, I, I respect it. And with the Cubs, who knows what they're going to look like. They've made some interesting moves in the offseason, but they still are not really impressing me on paper. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what Cody Bellinger does, because if the Cubs are not you know, in it at all, they, they may deal him if his if he ups his trade value. Absolutely. Shades of what they did with Jock Peterson in that Atlanta Braves trade. Yep. But yeah, the other thing you mentioned, the pressure, and it was written in the athletic that he felt a ton of pressure on himself because the Dodgers were continuously winning and he wasn't pulling his weight. 2021, he absolutely redeemed himself in the postseason. Oh, 100%. And you thought like a light bulb was going to go off and like, okay, he's gonna, he found something, he's going to carry it into this upcoming season. It just didn't happen. Like yeah. he was he was below average. Well, he didn't really he didn't carry it past the NLDS. So it kind of kind of went downhill from there. Um the one the one uh, other subject that I just thought of that we should talk about real quick is the uh, Manny Machado extension. Mm. 11 years, 350 million for Manny Machado to stay in San Diego. Now, I thought well, I actually didn't think this was going to happen because of what he was saying to the press about how he's going to opt out at the end of this season and talking about how he's a San Diego Padre for right now. But then some people are saying, well, maybe that was a ploy that he kind of, you know, did that on purpose and whatever. And then boom, you know, we got a passing bomb that he's going to stay in San Diego and uh, both him and and Darvish are going to be in their (laughs) forties by the time their, their contract ends. And there's no opt-out in this new deal. So what do you think of of Machado staying in San Diego? Well, he absolutely got his market value like to the exact dollar. So 350 is exactly spot on for a player of his caliber. So he got what he wanted. There was no reason for him to opt out. Clearly, he likes San Diego too. I mean, who wouldn't? It's a great city to live in versus potentially moving out to the East Coast and having to be in the cold. So... What does, like you just said, the way that the Padres are locking up all these players into their 40s, I think Xander Bogarts is another one of them. And then Tatis, not in his 40s, but he'll be in his mid-30s. Either they're going to win a championship because they have kind of a short window with Juan Soto being a free agent after the 2024 season. So they got two years, essentially. So either they're going to get their ring and mission accomplished, or we're going to look back on this and think, wow, Peter Seidler, I think that's how you say it, and the Padres, A.J. Preller, they were just spending money like reckless idiots. Right. I mean, they're either going to be the Dodgers or they're going to be the Angels. So it's it's one or the other. Um, And they better win at least one championship with the amount of money that they're putting into this. And I don't want to hear the talk anymore, anymore beyond this point right now. I don't want to hear anything about how the Dodgers buy championships. I just don't want to hear it. I mean, you've got the Padres and the Mets and even the Yankees, but the but mainly the Padres and the Mets spending out the ass because their counterpart in their in their uh, division or on their side of the coast have been just reigning success. The Dodgers have been the class of the NL West for a, a million years now. The Yankees have just always been dominant in in New York, in that city, and the Mets are trying to kind of overtake that. It's 
I don't want to hear it anymore about about the Dodgers buying championships. It, it it's bullshit. And and the fact is is that not only do the, do the Dodgers not buy championships, they develop better than anybody else. They have the better farm system. They keep their young guys. They shouldn't be knocked for that. And yeah, they go out and spend money to get to get big free agents, but that's what everyone does and that's what everyone should be doing. Agreed 100%. I'm over I'm over all the hypocrisy. So. Yeah. Can it? <laughs> last pick, last player to just highlight real quick. He only got on base because he was hit by a pitch, but Jason Hayward finally made his Dodgers spring training debut on Monday and he didn't strike out. He didn't get it. He didn't get any hits, but I actually liked the way he was putting the ball in play. He had a pretty deep fly out to right center, I think. And then he had a, a ball hit kind of not in a nice direction opposite towards third. So another guy trying to fight to make the roster. I'm rooting for him. I really am. I want him to be on this roster. I don't necessarily need him to be the starting center fielder, but I but I want him to be on this roster. I want him to make this team because I think with with him, Freddie and Mookie kind of being the elder statesmen in that clubhouse along with Kershaw, but you think about Freddie, Jason Hayward, Mookie as sort of more of your vocal leaders, I should say, uh on that team. I just love the fact that that Jason Hayward and Freddie Freeman are are best friends and they've been best friends for ever since they came in, you know, ever since they got drafted to, uh, in the in the same year. Uh came up with the Braves um room together, they're apparently inseparable. So I I'm really rooting for that to happen. I hope I hope he has some type of resurgence. Uh right there with you. All right, Jake. This is it. I'm going to throw something random at you. Just name any random Dodgers player that hits your mind right now. First name. Um, let's go with, um, uh, oh Jesus. Uh, uh, let's go with Ronnie Belliard. All right. Ronnie Belliard was not a Dodger very long, was acquired 2008 or 2009, the same year as Orlando Hudson. Oh, nine, I believe. Okay, okay, so then it's 09 at the deadline, give or take. Hit like 360 or 380, I feel like something stupid for a couple months sample size. Yeah. Stole the second base job for Orlando Hudson and then disappeared. Yep. Disappeared. Any anything else with Ronnie Belliard or did I Um I, I I I liked him. I thought he was a I thought he was a spark plug. Uh, he had some clutch hits. I mean, it sort of feels like the same kind of player that Marlon Anderson was for the Dodgers, where it was like lightning in a bottle um, coming up with big hits when you needed him to. But yeah, in that playoffs, he kind of just disappeared. And you you make the argument all the time that you think that that the Dodgers underused Orlando Hudson. Yeah, I mean, he was an all star in the first half. I feel like I'm remembering that correctly. And he, he hit was- for the cycle. Hit for the cycle, was basically a 300 hitter and just got on base. And then they kind of pivoted, Joe Torre pivoted away from him for whatever reason. But yeah, good times. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Incline Dodgers podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Twitter, social media, and Instagram, YouTube. And you'll hear from us in a few days when David Rosenthal makes his return and we talk about the pitch clock. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.